You're listening to Creative Pass with Contact, the podcast where we step off the beaten track to explore the ups and downs of being a creative. We're your hosts, Lara Chova and Sam Cole. And throughout this journey, people that inspire us will be letting us into their world to share their unique stories and experiences. Thanks for tuning in to episode six of Creative Paths. Today, we're joined by London-based photographer, Philip Rahim. Philip has worked across the fashion and music industries with artists such as Wizkid, Ari Lennox and Mr. Easy and fashion brands such as Chloe and Off-White. Thanks for joining us today, Philip. Thank you for having me. Let's just get straight into it for the beginning of your photography journey. So on your website, you have a really beautiful quote about family expectations and how your family expected you to become a doctor and how a visit to Nigeria at age 21 really changed and influenced your decision. Can you tell us a bit about that trip and how it influenced your decision to become a photographer? So basically, um, I went into studying medicine while I came out of uni. And to every African family, and I know a lot of Africans can relate to this, the creative world, the creative scene, isn't considered a viable source of income. So that's popped that. I was told from the age of like six that God has made me and has brought me to this planet to become a doctor. So that's all I've ever known, like studying from when I was a kid, studying science through to secondary school, college, the whole shebang. But after I graduated from my biomedical sciences degree at Brunel, my uncle offered me a job in Nigeria, which was like working with HIV patients. Okay, amazing. And he was like, oh, I'll give you like 800 pounds a week. And literally coming off, out of the uni, it's like, that's not a bad, that's not a bad job. Yes. Yeah not a bad shout at all so i ended up going to nigeria and I ended up like my parents are originally from nigeria right and this is probably the first time i've been there since the age of like 15 so i was like you know what let me take pictures just for memory's sake so i can have those yeah. images so i can be like okay i went to nigeria this is what i did da, 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 da. so i ended up like taking basically bring, taking my camera everywhere with me just taking pictures of different towns and cities in nigeria i literally went on eight hour excursions going all over nigeria just taking pictures and then um i decided not decided but this is a time when tumblr was a big thing yeah yeah. so back then i would use my tumblr just to like keep notes of guys styles so i can imitate it but i was like hmm let me um just upload these pictures on tumblr like there's no harm in doing it and I uploaded them and after like three days I came back to them and like the pictures had received like 20,000 notes, 30,000, 50,000 notes. And I'm like, okay, this is, this is something people seem to like with what I'm doing. Even went so far as Vice hitting me up saying, yo, we love your work. We love to like publish it. And like, I'm like, yeah, of course. Sweet. So at the beginning of my career, I was actually just taking pictures of scenery of like, <clears throat> landscapes cityscapes the concept the idea of shooting humans didn't appeal to me mm-hmm. the reason why i say humans is because i don't consider myself a human i consider myself a klingon from star trek because i'm a huge star trek fan um mm-hmm. so the idea of shooting humans just didn't appeal to me i was still doing i was still shooting all the scenic stuff and i came back to london and then i came across uh, a good friend of mine um her name's leomi anderson she is now a victoria's secret angel she's done a lot of great big things and she hit me up one time. She was like, oh, Phil, can you please, please, please take pictures for my blog? She's had this blog called Crack China Cup where she would show her style. And at the time, I was like, mm, I don't really want to do it. It's like, it's not my kind of, it's not my cup of tea. 
And she persuaded me to do it. Ended up taking pictures with her. And then literally like a week after, I get hit up by Chloe, the brand in Paris. And they're like, hey, we love your pictures. We love you to shoot like BTS for our show in Paris. And I'm like, okay, cool. That sounds great to me. And pretty much that's how my career pretty much began. I was shooting scenic stuff at first. Through networking, I ended up meeting a now really well-known model. And through her, I was able to shoot my first ever fashion show was a Chloe fashion show, which for a lot of photographers, they don't. It takes like several yeah. years for them to build their portfolio to do that. That's amazing. Thanks. Really exciting. How did it feel for you, like as a, a brand new photographer with no formal training suddenly on the, like the backstage of Chloe? I mean, it was really daunting. Because like yeah. I um I didn't know how to deal with a lot of these people like they're all they've mm-hmm. all been in the game for decades um so at first it was really daunting but what made life easier were the models because of the relationship they had with my friend Leomi they felt a, a little bit more like comfortable with being open and expressive with me so it was daunting at first but then when you had the right set of people around you who make you feel a bit more comfortable it made life a whole lot easier. So now, whenever I would shoot fashion shows, my mindset now is completely different from my mindset back then. I'm ruthless now. I was a bit of like a, a softy back then because I didn't want to step on anyone's like toes. Mm-hmm. So yeah. Yeah. And that just comes with like age and like time and experience really, doesn't it? Mm-hmm. Exactly. Like, learning to tell people exactly what you want. <laughs> exactly. And um, you, you learn that over time. You learn how life short is and how short a career can be. And Mm -hmm. my dad always said to me, take the opportunities you have in front of you because you don't know if you get those opportunities again. That's great advice. Yeah. So how did your family feel after you suddenly were like put in the fashion world in a creative industry after you'd done a degree with it? Are they supportive now? They're supportive now, but they kicked me out when they found out. Wow. What happened was I, I got into medical school. I was in it for two weeks and then I just dropped out. So I was like, no, I can't do this. Oh, like, wow. I'm going to be photography full time. My parents yeah. weren't happy with that. So they kicked me out of the house. I ended up staying at a friend's place for like several months. Didn't speak to my parents for months. Like I spoke to my siblings because they wanted to check in on me, but not my parents. And then one day came when I was in New York and my friend Leomi, shout out to her again. She was like, oh, hey, Phil do you want to come um, to my fitting? I was like, yeah, sure. What fitting is it? Like Kanye West? I was like, okay, yeah, yeah, I'm, I'm down. Definitely. So, <laughs> literally ended up going to the fitting, got to meet Kanye, got to meet Kim. Um, North, actually funny enough, North broke my glasses. I still have those glasses to this very day. <laughs> yeah. Um, North broke my glasses. Yeah, I was just able to interact with so many different people. Virgil Abloh, that's where I first met Travis Scott. And in doing that, I was able to build a rapport with everyone to the point where I was like, yo, I want to come to the show tomorrow. But how am I going to do that? I spoke to Kanye's security guard at the time. His name was Pascal. He was like, just go in, just tell them that you're part of the model team and they'll let you through. I've let them know. Literally, next day, um, it's like, what, seven in the morning? Go there. I'm like, yeah, I'm part of the model team. And they're like, oh, it's him. Let him in. Ended up going in, ended up seeing her, saying hello to everyone again. 
And then someone, one of my mom's best friends, saw me on a live stream with Kim oh, wow. like, in the background. Yeah. So she's there calling my phone, like calling my mom's phone, like, oh, your son, your son is with Kim Kardashian. Your son is with Kanye West doing all of this. And I'm like, and she's excited. She's like, oh my gosh, what is this? She calls my phone. I answer. Meanwhile, Kim is sat right next to me. And my mom's like, oh, where are you? I'm like, oh, I'm backstage at a show. Just, we just finished. In fact, hold on. I want to give the phone to someone so you can speak to them, say hello. Straight gave the phone to Kim. No and my mom, literally, backstage at the show, all you hear is my mom going, ah, it's you. It's you. Oh, my, we're huge fans of you. We watch your show all the time. And she's just like, oh, my God, thanks. Your son is so lovely. And then pretty much after that whole interaction with them two i see my mom again my mom's like when you get back to london come back home immediately (laughs) immediately and um we actually had a had a discussion with them as to why they hated me like wanting to do photography but it's because of their experience they've realized with their friends people who have done like photography before they don't really do well so in their heads they're like oh we don't want our son to be like someone who's a bum who who's just taking pictures for a living but isn't mm-hmm. making anything but the moment they saw me with big big celebrities that whole tune changed mm-hmm. um and yeah now we're great they support my work they've come to my talks they listen to like podcasts i've been on interviews i've been on articles i'm in like so their tune has completely changed that's amazing and it's you basically taken good use of your dad's advice like any opportunity that comes so definitely paid off mm-hmm. exactly um so what was your obviously you've you were surrounded by a lot of people's icons so how did you manage to interact with like all these celebrities in one go in one room how did that feel for you and d- yeah what kind of jobs came from this i mean while i was there at the time i didn't think anything of it so by, by the way, while I was doing photography, I was still, I was working at the NHS. Mm-hmm. Um, so my time at the NHS made me like see everyone on the same level playing field. Like the whole like worshipping celebrities. Like, oh my God, it's da 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 It never appeals to me at all. Because like when I first met Kanye, I was like, oh, it's just some normal guy. He's just a normal guy. Like mm-hmm. plain and simple. And I was able to see that with a lot of um, artists and celebs. And in turn, they didn't feel like I was a groupie or a fan. So they catered to like my conversations, listened to things I had to say. I used to, I asked I asked Kanye for advice in regards to like me as a photographer, because I was like, photography is great. I'm currently working at NHS to keep to make ends meet. And his advice to me was if it's something that you really want to do, you should do it. Don't let anyone decide like what you want in regards to um, what you want to do for a living, what you want to do in life. From when he told me that, I quit at NHS and I did photography full-time. So I was doing photography part-time, studying medicine, and then working at NHS to get my experience. Ended up dropping NHS and studying and went into photography full-time. But it's people like that. It's being able to see someone as just a normal human being that made life easier for me to connect with people. I'm not here for clout. I'm not here to like boost my ego. I'm here to just create and create with like-minded people. And a lot of artists and celebrities and fashion brands. It's like 
organic in a sense of yeah. like our relationship that's a super important like quality to have in this industry really yeah like sure. was it with kanye after i got to know him literally in front of everyone i was like all right bro i'm only gonna do this once i'm gonna do this once only but i'm never doing this again but you i'm your biggest fan bro like your work i've been listening <laughs> to your music from early da, 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 and everyone's just laughing and i'm like no nah, i have to say it like i had to say it but i need you to know i'm not a fan i'm, I'm not I'm not a fan, but I'm not a groupie. Like, I'm not going to be following you around. I just need to acknowledge how much you've influenced my life. But I didn't do it as the first thing. So you didn't think I was like a groupie. And they just chuckled. It's Definitely. Like, it's a good thing you didn't do it like that. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> it's good to get it off your chest in there. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> so you've worked with a lot of fashion and musicians. So like, like kind of like the crossover of both of them. What have some of your favourite jobs been? that you've been on oh it's quite a few uh let's see definitely Wizkid. Wizkid is probably one hands down one of my favorite people to work with like we get each other so well like most of our shoots people take hours to take pictures we'll get it done in like 20 30 minutes like the first time i ever shot with Wizkid, we shot five looks and it took 37 minutes to do but it's like there's Wizkid. I mean, I've I've done stuff with like Drake, but I was more for his music videos and stuff. Masego, huge fan of Masego. Not too sure if you heard of Masego. I feel like I've read the name. But yeah, I, I, I feel like <laughs> if you heard a song, be like, oh yeah, Masego. I, I recognize yeah, yeah. He went like I think it's got like hundreds of millions of views of a song he made with FKJ. It's called Tadao. Okay. But like people like that, Masego, Wiz. I find working with people I, I get along with a whole lot easier. But yeah, on the top of my head, it has to be Masego and Wiz. Wizkid especially, especially with Wiz, because Wiz is Nigerian, like I am. So mm-hmm. being able to shoot what a lot of people, arguably, I like to call him the, uh, the fellow cutie of my generation. Like, he's huge. And being able to sh- like do multiple shoots with him. I had this iconic image of him standing in front of a 10-foot flag, Nigerian flag. And for me, that that completes it for me because when I have my children, like, yeah, I took that picture. That was me. That's really exciting. And I feel like that's definitely something that will make your whole family super proud as well, mm-hmm. like being able to work with people from where you're from. Mm-hmm. Yeah, exactly. And I think that's why, that's why they started to gain more respect for my craft as well. It's like, obviously, working with Kanye and um, doing stuff with all of these artists, but being able to work with one of the biggest artists in Africa mm-hmm. to them it's almost like um they show off to their friends like oh yeah my son shot Wizkid yeah he's doing <laughs> yeah. well you know he's doing well for himself and I'm like yeah yeah I am <laughs> that's job. really cool yeah so I'm assuming your job involves a lot of traveling and with COVID-19 this year it's definitely put a stop to that like how have you dealt with that with your work I mean it's hard I'm, I'm going to be honest with you over the last year I have still shot but I know that my best work comes from being abroad mm-hmm. um, it's, it's kind of hard to shoot in London when from the months of September up until like March it's just dreary weather I found it really difficult I did try to master studio I shoot in studio as well but it's, it doesn't have the same effect to me like it doesn't Mm-hmm. hit my soul the way shooting like when I went to Sudan to shoot a project 
it's like uh shooting artists in a studio in hackney and then shooting um activists in sudan like it's it doesn't compare i'll be honest with you i have i spent most of my time drawing up concepts for when the pandemic is over so that once it does come over it's like okay i have this i'm gonna do this here i'm gonna do this here do this here in the meantime i've just tried to keep myself occupied by doing other things and by that i mean playstation Perfect. I, make money, <laughs> I make money for my playstation so it's like yeah it works it's kind of like a nice break then it do you know what it's gonna sound really messed up but the first lockdown mm-hmm. i kind of enjoyed it i didn't feel guilty because i was like a lot of times when i'm like procrastinating um what pops into my head is oh wait there's still people working. Mm-hmm. So the fact that I'm not working means I'm missing out on opportunities. But then when the first lockdown hit, I felt at peace. It's like, oh, everything has stopped. I don't feel so inclined to release content, to continuously shoot content to remain on people's radar. I can take a step back and just do me, you know, like GC style, just, just do me. Um, <laughs> so like I have concepts where I want to travel to like Grenada. I have concepts where I want to go to Thailand. Um, I'm supposed to go to Nigeria to shoot some fisher women. So it's like it's hard being a photographer in London, especially when the weather is terrible. Definitely, <laughs> so there's less light and everything. <laughs> mm-hmm. Less light. The light is grey. It just doesn't appeal to the mm-hmm. soul. Like grey light doesn't really appeal to me. I've speaking to various other like renowned photographers they always tell me like philip your best work is definitely like location um you can work in your studio and i do that a lot actually um works really well but location is your best piece of work so you need to focus on trying to shoot location which is hard to do in london definitely definitely so at the end of every interview we have some quick fire questions and uh yeah i'll go ahead and ask so what's one dream collaboration and why dolly parton amazing dolly parton because my dad he raised me on dolly parton like i know Mm -hmm. all her songs word for word bar for bar ad lib for ad lib breath pattern by breath pattern so the idea because i i shot dolly palooza a couple years back like several years back um but to collaborate with her it's like collaborating with the hero of my hero. Yeah. So, and I love Dolly Parton. Love her. She's great. <laughs> great? That's an understatement. She's amazing. <laughs> she is. She is amazing. Mm-hmm. Um, so what's one piece of advice that you'd offer a younger version of yourself or young creatives at the moment? I got backlash from this from a couple of people, uh, but I would say uh, the best advice I would give to young creatives is to have another source of income. Mm-hmm. Um, Good advice. The reason being is like, you have to keep integrity intact in our industry. Just for any of the listeners here, a perfect example is I remember having a friend of mine who's quite known. He was like, oh, Phil, can you shoot my brand for me? The budget's only like 400 pounds, but I promise you that once money starts coming in, we'll pay you more. That was the biggest lie I ever heard. Because <laughs> what happened was, like a year later, he was still offering me the same 400 pound rate. 
And what one of my friends said to me, she used to work at um, ID. She was like, there are three types of photographers, right? Type one is the photographer that they know they can always get for free. They'll be like, oh, mm-hmm. yeah, this is great exposure for you. You can do this. It's going to put you on like on a different like playing field. And a lot of photographers do that. The second photographer is the photographer who has their rate, but never actually goes to their rate. You know, you can get them lower than their rate. So I can be like, oh, I charge 800 pounds, but they'll come to me like, oh, we only have 500 pounds. Can you still do it? But because I'm desperate for money, I'll take it for 500 pounds. But you know that by doing that, that's the rate they're going to set you at, full stop. And then the third photographer is a photographer who never goes below their rate, always goes higher than their rate and always gets that rate. And that's the rate that most photographers want to be on. And I feel like that can only be kept if you have another source of income i come from a working class background so i don't have like family members who can um take care of me in the aspects of like oh i want to pursue photography for a living or we'll fund you through photography until you make it there are a lot of photographers who have that and there are a lot of photographers who don't and for the ones who don't i'll be like best advice find another source of income and then once you have reached the goals you have reached in terms of photography in terms of financially in the aspects that you have regular clients who are paying you the rate that you deserve then you can drop that source of income like i was working at the nhs while doing photography so i could fund myself through it and then i reached a point where i didn't need to work at the nhs anymore and then i did photography mm-hmm. full-time so the best advice i would give is to have another source of income keep your integrity intact it means when people come up to you and they're like oh we only you only have 500 pounds then you're going to be like well i'm getting money elsewhere this is nothing i'm not going to do that and trust me if it's if you always have to go lower than your rate you'll feel bad if the job is like intense and you're only getting paid you're getting paid less than what you feel like you deserve it's it's happened to me many a time before and my advice would be just cut it out that's really good advice so the last quick fire question is what is one goal that you have set for yourself? I think one of my main goals is to inform more photographers about like licensing and usage rights. So photographers, we have what we call the association of photographers. I found out about the association of photographers five years into my career. Wow. So a random photographer told me about it. And I was like, what? This is, this is what really? But a lot of, photographers especially black photographers they they don't know like they don't understand like pricing usage rights day rates so i wanted to create like a, a platform a space where black photographers can come in or photographers of color minority photographers they can all come in and get the information they require there's a story that my um buddy ashley was telling me about and he's like there were like these wedding photographers they had all come together in a whatsapp group chat and they were like, okay, from now on forth, no one goes below this rate. This is the rate we're going to do it at. You can't go lower than this rate. It can only go higher, plain and simple. And what would happen is clients to these uh, wedding photographers will ask, oh, how much is it? And then because the vast majority of photographers have all set the standard rate, what happened was everyone started getting paid the share that they deserve. Like, they got paid the rate that they deserve. And in fact, everyone got paid more than the rates that they were putting down and i kind of want to do the same for that with like uh music photographers especially Mm -hmm. 
because with music it's really difficult because you could get paid i have friends who've been paid 400 pounds for licensing and usage for like a single cover or an album cover and in my head i'm like i'm not taking anything less than two grand for that so it's all about just informing my fellow photographers who don't have necessarily the experience or the understanding of like the laws and creating a platform where well hopefully we can all come together and if a music label hits us up and it's like oh we want you to shoot this just say i have a photographer who's been in the game for two three years he can ask me like hey phil like um this group want or just ask the collective group like hey this um group want me to shoot them this is their rate do you think it's right and we can tell them like yo like this is how much they pay me i had a friend who shot i can't say the name of the brand he they paid him 400 pounds for something that they paid me five grand for wow and we were we had the same we were at the same level in terms of like yeah years we were, it was like four years into our career they paid him 400 mm-hmm. they paid me five grand and it's like the aim is to have enough people talking mm-hmm. um so we can actually have a defined rate a rate that's fair a rate where no one's taken advantage of definitely so that's that's what the plan is for the future to create uh, an ecosystem where all like photographers who who don't have the information can get the information Amazing. i feel like ben- what benefits them benefits me i say this a lot i'd rather lose a 4k job to someone who's getting paid 4k than to lose to someone who went down to like two mm-hmm. that's just the way i see it so that's the aim for the future amazing so thank you so much for coming onto the podcast thank you you can keep up to date with philip's work on instagram at philip rahim at contact we're building a platform that helps creative talent get more work and makes it easier for those looking for creative talent to find great people to work with our current product caters exclusively to models but over the next year or so we're expanding out to let anyone who works in the creative industries such as photographers directors makeup artists and more to get booked through contact you can find a book talent and visit our blog backstage online at contact.xyz to stay up to date with everything happening at contact follow us on instagram at contact.xyz and contact.models on tiktok at contact.xyz and twitter at contact underscore xyz Thank you.